Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. I want to introduce to you the the director of this wonderful new documentary um, called Finding Oscar. As I said uh, just a minute ago, it is about uh, the Civil War in, in Guatemala, the geopolitical ramifications of it. Not so much about that, but a very personal story about a, a, um, a slaughter that occurred in a village. Without further ado, let me introduce the uh, director of the film Finding Oscar and Ryan Suffern. Thank you uh, for being here. The, the, it's a really uh, remarkable uh, document that you put together here um, about this incident, and that's a horribly uh, inane, banal way to put what happened to the village. Uh, but talk us talk us through this. Uh, so uh, I'm gonna I want to make sure I get all the facts correct. So what what happened? It's uh, yeah, in the, uh, the village of Doceria, which means two two R's in, in Spanish. Um, and essentially, uh, yeah, it was a massacre that that happened in this very rural area in, in northern Guatemala, where the Guatemalan military, this special forces group called the uh, Caibiles, which is kind of the Guatemalan equivalent of of the Navy SEALs, the U.S. Navy SEALs, went into this village um, reportedly looking for these. Uh, stolen rifles. This all takes place in the context of a 36-year-long civil conflict in in Guatemala, where the Guatemalan government was fighting um, the the guerrilla, the communist guerrilla. And in in the midst of this, there were hundreds of these massacres, and and really what's been deemed a a genocide now, um, where the Guatemalan government murdered or disappeared uh, 200,000 of, of its citizens, um, primarily indigenous um, Mayan populations, but in in, in those areas, the, the, they, they weren't indigenous. Um, and so what ends up happening is that this, uh, this special forces troop goes in uh, to this tiny village and uh, over the course of a couple of days ends up murdering everyone uh, and, and throwing, throwing all of them into the well uh, many, many being women and, and children, uh, and with the exception of two young boys that uh, are abducted by two of the soldiers, one being Oscar, a finding Oscar, who was three years old at the time, and, and another, uh, Ramiro, who was five. And so what ends up happening is many years go by uh, until one of these soldiers involved, actually the cook, who is kind of an outsider within this special forces troop, comes forward and, and um, breaks this this code of silence within the Guatemalan military and tells this human rights activist, Orlina Farfan, that what what happened at Dos Aires is she's trying to investigate and, and find the truth because uh, there's just a cloud of uncertainty for many years and 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 find actually finding these these loved ones that have been buried now in in this well for many years she this activist helps to do uh, an exhumation to and and to try to identify the 
the remains of these loved ones and then beyond that to try to find out what actually happened and, and hold those people accountable. So this soldier and then yet another soldier comes forward. They, they end up testifying as to what happened. And part of that testimony is that there's these two young boys who were taken by these soldiers and, and thus begins this search to find these boys um, because they could offer the living proof to, to corroborate this story and, and maybe actually find justice in, in Guatemala um, where impunity has reigned for many, many decades. And, and over the course of, of this civil conflict, no soldiers, no generals, no one was, brought, was really brought to justice or, or held accountable. Let's talk a little bit about the, the we you've alluded to it the broader context of this this occurred um I my my estimation right around well it's 85 80 it was eight, well it, uh, it you know it, it took place for 36 years but this right. particular massacre happened in December 1982 82 pardon me so and it was a, a myth again you're right the, this long ongoing civil war within Guatemala but there was also uh, during the Reagan administration, a, a particular interest in Central America. There, the same time that this is happening, there is the uh, election of Daniel Ortega in Nicaragua, the, in El Salvador. There's a tremendous amount of civil unrest, and and all kinds of things are going on. And the Reagan administration uh, began a covert war in that region, uh, and also were responsible for training many of the. Militaries that run essentially run those many of those countries in Central America that fed into this frenzy of slaughter and carnage is is I know I'm probably overstating it a little more than you might, but I I just I feel strongly about what happened there was was uh, essentially war crimes on a, on a on a scale for that region that they may never recover from, but. Put it in your own words. I don't want to put words in your mouth, uh, Ryan, on this. No, sure. Well, I mean, I really think you you you, you can go back to the Eisenhower administration and and in yeah. 1954 when when our CIA carried out one of the first coups That's right. that um, th- that they successfully carried out in Guatemala, where they overthrew a democratically elected leader who was not necessarily sympathetic to the interests of, of the United States. And, and bit, we, see in, yeah, we see in that moment uh, a destabilization in Guatemala that, that continues today and certainly led in, into the, the civil conflict. But in the early 80s, um, you know, we have to remember that it was the height of the Cold War. Mm-hmm. And so not only is there you know, a, a desirability to support the enemy of our enemy, and that being our, thus our ally. And so it, it's, it's all too convenient for the Guatemalan government to say that they are fighting these communists, um, a, a term that they very loosely used to apply to anyone that they saw as a threat to their power and a threat to the state. Um, and it's, you know, it, neighboring countries like Nicaragua and El Salvador and Cuba, we're, we're seeing these proxy communist battles with the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. And so that was, uh, I think, a big part of the motivation for the Reagan administration to be covertly supporting uh, a, a dictator in, in Rios Montt who took over in, in a military coup of his own. In, in early 1982, and, and, and carried on this, this scorched earth campaign that very much used massacre 
as a, as, as a tool of warfare, where they would go in and they would wipe out these communities that might seem sympathetic to the guerrilla or might also just be uh, on land or near natural resources that the government or, or you know, certain corporate interests w- ha- wanted. Um, and so, you know, two days before this particular massacre in those areas takes place, Ronald Reagan is actually in Central America yeah. and does a press conference with Rios Montt saying, you know, he's, this guy is a defender of democracy and he, and he has our support. And, and yet two days later, the, you know, this massacre is carried out with, with orders that go all the way up to the, the top of chain of command. Um, so you, you see the culpability uh, of, our, of our government's role in this, not, not just in the political space of, of, of vouching for the, the Rios Mont administration, but also our, our armed forces were training these Kaibiles. We were covertly supplying them with, uh, you know, tools of warfare. Uh, and, and so, you know, we, we definitely own, as a country, uh, a certain culpability to, to the degree that this, this violent campaign was, was able to be carried out. Yeah, and 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 again, as you said, going back to the fifties, uh, there was a, there was that Arbenz. I forgot his first name. I was trying to President Arbenz. Hakobo, Hakobo, yeah. Arbenz was overthrown in an, a CIA-backed coup, and even to to today, we see sort of the vestiges of that chaos and that that lack of infrastructure, that lack of economic opportunity, all those kinds of things that have been a byproduct of this madness that has been going on. Um, and another component to this, and it's in the film Finding Oscar, it, it's not talked about an awful lot, but there is a continuing level of violence being perpetrated against indigenous people throughout the region, throughout Mexico, Central America, South America, we can obviously point to our own indigenous people and what happened to them as as well. Um, th- that just is something that we doesn't I don't hear a lot about it in, in in terms of the discussion of why these things are happening. What what is going on in these countries where there is a lot of this sort of violence, <clears throat> but it often seems to be directed at the, the most vulnerable. And uh, often there are the indigenous people. Is is there any hope that that's ever going to stop or be something that these people have a greater control over their situation? Or, well, I mean, I, I would say, look, I when I first got introduced to this story, I knew very little uh, about any of this. Mm-hmm. I, I was certainly aware that there there were conflicts throughout. Central and, and Latin America as a whole in the 70s and 80s, and, and that, uh, you know, that most likely our, our government was not necessarily on the right side of history in some of those conflicts, but I didn't know to the degree that certainly the education I've received myself as to what's happened throughout the region. And, it, and it's, you know, it was a devastating experience for me to, to as I dug into this one particular yes. massacre. Yes and the horrors of it to to realize that it was it was far from an anomaly within Guatemala that this massacre was taking place and Guatemala was far from an anomaly within the region um and that this has been 
happening all over the world, really, mm-hmm. uh, in, in regardless of ethnicity, regardless of, you know, r- religious views or skin color and on and on. So there, there's something... There's something about us as as a species that has this incredible potential for, you know, what what I think is what we would call evil and certainly uh, violent behavior t- towards each other. And 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 I think if we don't if we don't try and and learn from these stories, if we don't uh, pay attention and, and to, to their why they've happened. And, and engage in that conversation, then I do think we're deemed to, to repeat them as we have been, you know, for for almost through, you know, the entirety of human history. Right. Well, I want to get, and I feel like I've kind of given short shrift to the actual story about Oscar in, in your film. Let's talk a little bit about, you, you've alluded to it in terms of this massacre, and one of the reasons that I brought up the, the, the issue of the indigenous people is because, it, one of the apparently one of the reasons that Oscar, the two young boys survived the massacre, were spared, was because they didn't look at, like they were indigenous people. They looked more European, if you will. Um, before you answer that question, I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with Ryan Suffern, and he is the director of the film Finding Oscar. And you can find out more about the film at uh, it's at filmrise.com finding slash finding Oscar. You can find out more about the film. And uh, it is opening this week uh, around uh, Los Angeles. In fact, here right across the street from where I'm sitting in Irvine at the uh, University Town Center Theater as well as theaters in Los Angeles. So check that out as far as that's concerned. But talk a little bit about just this a very uh, – one of the wonderful things about the, your film is the, the, the relatability of the, the story behind Oscar and the, the search for, for his uh, – for relatives in this, um, a little bit more about that. Yeah, I mean, I think that it, really that is the heart of this story. Is is this very personal, intimate look at this this one survivor in this incredible decades long search that starts in the jungles of Guatemala uh, by a whole team of of human rights activists and anthropologists and and, and prosecutors trying to find this little boy, this, this manifestation of, of, of the truth and of justice as found in this little boy. And, and you know, decades later, he's, he's in, you know, a young man, 30-something, uh, living in the Bostons of, but in, living in the suburbs of Boston, uh, of all places. And so yeah. what, what really attracted me to this story was not only that you have a, a, a personal, intimate uh, point of access in Oscar's story to tell a much larger story because you can't understand uh, what any of this means without th- that that context of of kind of the geopolitics of not just Guatemala but the the, the region and certainly the U.S. involvement. But it's not it's not a story just about those those larger uh, issues. Um, it, it really allows us to uh, to, to dig into. These these important issues of U.S. foreign policy and and immigration and a and a genocide in the Americas in, in our our lifetime, but but you know in a almost like a mystery uh, a detective kind of true crime search as as this uh, epic journey continues for for decades and we see this incredible resolve uh, of of these. Uh, Activists and, and, like I said, anthropologists really 
in, in spite of threats of intimidation and, and violence, continue to, to really search for a larger justice within Guatemala. Um, and, and then you have that juxtaposed with Oscar, you know, being found in, in, in his discovery, what is really a, a, the very definition of an existential crisis to get a phone call one day yeah. and, and say, you know, your whole life as, as you think it is, really is a, is a lie. Um, you know, the person you think is your father or father figure uh, is, is really one of the soldiers who commanded the, these troops that murdered your entire family and, and community. Um, and so I think those, there's a fascination to Oscar's story in particular that uh, really allows us to, to tell a much larger story and, and a very important one, and one that I think many North Americans, myself including, are, are very unfamiliar to, to what's happened you know, in, our, in our backyard, so to speak, yeah. uh, and certainly with, with the culpability of our own government's involvement. You're absolutely right. It is a moving story. It is a touching story. And it's also a story of hope. I, I know I've been painting kind of a very bleak picture of, of Central America. It's just that the history is so raw. It's so fraught with violence and, and a lack of justice uh, for the people who have been victimized by it. So it's hard not to talk about that, not to think about that. But your film is a wonderful way to into the story, wonderful way of of understanding that the, the resilience of people involved in it, the courage it took for these people to go back to this village, to try and find the truth, no matter how painful it was, no matter how much grief they knew that they were going to be in for, they still per persisted and finding Oscar and, and it, the humanity of it. it it's a, in that regard, it's a wonderful film about humanity and our resilience and, and the search for justice. Uh, yeah, I would say definitely our, you know, uh, if there wasn't that light at the end of the tunnel, if there wasn't this real discovery of hope, both in, in, in the justice found as, as well as, you know, larger discoveries that, that take place that, yeah. you know, we won't, we won't get into the details, uh, yeah. no, no spoiler alerts here, but, uh, yeah. you know, that, that was a big part of why, why we felt like this was, a, this was a story uh, worth telling because not not that 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 hope glosses over the, the horror or the harrowing tale that is yeah. necessary to 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 tell what happened in this massacre and 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 many other massacres, but but I think it is that that essence of hope that is is why we see you know these activists and anthropologists doing the incredible work that they continue to do. I mean, this is an ongoing struggle yeah. in, in Guatemala uh, to, to do this. And, and so um, I think it's, it's a very organic and, and, and real uh, hope to, to be found in Oscar's story. Yeah, and, and again, the, the work of the uh, forensic anthropologists, amazing people, amazing work that they do. Incredible, incredible work. And this is in the film what they what they have uh inside them that allows them to be able to do this we should all have more of um uh, and uh it, it's a it's a wonderful film uh Ryan i uh, the uh, and and it's it's one of those films truly as you said you know we may not know a lot about this situation but going to see a film like this you see a lot you see the spectrum of the things that have happened and are happening and the potential for some measure of justice for these people as well. Um, 
I want to just before I let you go, I misspoke. It's actually the film is opening here in Los Angeles at the Monica Film Center, the Playhouse, the, the Lemley Playhouse in Pasadena, Claremont Five in Claremont, as well as in Irvine. It's at the Regal West Park Theater. It's opening today in all those theaters as well. If you go to uh, filmrise.com and you'll find Finding Oscar there and you can look for where else it'll be screening around the country Ryan thank you so much for, for finding time to come to film school today uh, and congratulations on the wonderful work uh, here with uh, Finding Oscar Well thank you so much Mike for having me and I'll just uh, I'll add very briefly that there, we have a Newport Beach uh, connection to this story which is that Frank Marshall my producing partner on the film went to high school and his lifelong friends in, in, with uh, a Newport Beach buddy of his, Scott Greathead, who was the human rights attorney that represented Oscar in his political asylum case. And, and Scott brought this story to Frank, and Frank brought it to me. Um, and, and so we, we have some roots in, in the Newport Beach area of how we're even involved in this whole thing. Thank you for, for that. Yes, for that's for a Newport Harbor. Yeah, that's one of those... Everyone knows Newport Harbor, uh, and it's yes, you're right, absolutely. It's a um, that is a wonderful connection. And Ryan, all the best to you, and uh, I look forward to uh, your future work as well. So thank you. Thanks, so, thank you, Mike. Uh, have a great day. You too. Thank you very much.